Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning once again, Bethesda Church. Let me say right up front, um, from my family to yours and from our staff to yours, a, a very Merry Christmas. I want to make sure that we uh, wish you that. I'm praying that you have the best Christmas that you've ever had. How many are thankful for the Christmas season? Anybody thankful for the Christmas season? I know it's a little bit crazy for a lot of us, but... Um, uh, we're thankful for it, and we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Don't forget, next Sunday we won't be here, so make plans to be here on Friday for that special Christmas Eve service. I believe it's going to be a powerful day. Um, today's going to be a little bit different as far as a Christmas message goes, and the reason is because we serve a God who has an incredibly unusual way of showing His love for us he does it in such a way that it's unpredictable and, and could uh, never be projected by anyone. And we've been in this series called The Gift. Everybody say The Gift. The Gift. Um, and we've been looking at the gifts that the wise men, or magi, brought to Jesus. And you may not know the story, but when Jesus was born, we know that not only was he born of a virgin, but these wise men, which were very wealthy um, Gentiles, educated Gentiles, traveled a long way to worship Jesus, and they gave him unusual gifts. And we've read it each week. We're going to read it one more time from Matthew chapter number 2. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we've been looking at the practical application of this, but also the spiritual significance of what they brought to Jesus. The frankincense in week number one, we know it represents Jesus as the high priest, as the one who represented you and I to God the Father, the one that would give his life, that there would no longer be a, a lamb, a physical lamb, but Jesus became the Lamb of God, and he is now our high priest. And the Bible says that he is ever making intercession for you and I. In week two, which was last week, we looked at myrrh, and it represents Jesus as the suffering servant or the suffering lamb of God. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Christ would come that he would be a child born to die on our behalf. He is the suffering servant. And today I want to look at the gift of gold. Everybody say gold. Throughout history, because of the scarcity, but also the value of gold, it has been known as a gift that is fit for a king. And I want to talk to you today about the kingship of Christ. And I want to call this message, A King Like No Other. 
a king like no other. Now, as we jump into the message, I want to play a little game with you guys, and I'm going to show you some different images in just a minute, but before I throw the images up, I'm going to, I, I, I don't want to do this without you, so you have to participate in my game. If you don't participate in my game, you're not allowed back. I'm just kidding. Please come back. Even if you don't participate, please come back. Hit your neighbor and say, he's joking. All right, joking. But I really do want you to participate. Um, and so here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to call this game Name That King. Name That King. Um, and so before I show you the picture, I'm going to give you a hint to see if you can guess it. All right, so Name That King. If you think of Simba, what king do you think of? You guys are pretty good. Do we have that picture? All right, the Lion King, pretty good, pretty good. Um, next one, if you think about a big gorilla, who are you thinking about? King Kong, throw that, look at you guys. All right, let's see, let's see. Um, next one, if you think of a Whopper or a burger, who do you think of? <laughs> let me just say, let, <laughs> let me just say, um, they call themselves the Burger King. Um, I don't think they're the king of burgers. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm, I'm not going to say any more about that. I have eaten better burgers. Um, let's, let's, y'all like this game? Okay, y'all like this game. If you think of scary novels, who do you think of? Let's see. Y'all were right. God bless his heart. Right? Anybody that can write... That kind of stuff, we need to pray for him. Um, I'm having a little fun. If you think of interviews, let's see. Look at you all. You're good. Name that king. Um, now, this one's a little harder. If you think of basketball, who are you thinking of? Let's see. King James. King James. Uh, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> King Jordan, all right. Um, sticking with sports, this one's going to be a little bit tougher. What about tennis, my boomers? Who do you think about? Let's see. Billie Jean King, Billie Jean King. Now, if you think of music or blues specifically, who you guys got? Come on, let's see that one. B.B. King, all right, all right, excellent. Now, I grew up on rap music. Um, Tupac, Biggie. How many know that? You, you learned that. This is why you got to be careful what your kids listen to. Like an old 90s rap song, and, and I haven't forgotten a word of it. Like, it's forever imprinted. Like, and, and, and so I grew up on, and I still love the beats of, of rap music. And, and I said all that to say, I think Kanye got it right and said it best when he said, throw it up, Jesus is king. Now, I'm not going to rap for you today. Come on, if you believe Jesus is king, take about 10 seconds Come on, we went through, name that king. Jesus is king. 
Jesus is king. Now, back to the message. I, I had fun. All right. Back to the message. The Magi gave Jesus gold, gold being a gift fit for a king. Why is Jesus a king like no other? Not only was he born on the earth, we know that God became flesh, dwelled among us, we beheld his glory. Um, but here's what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.15. It says, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God and, and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, given the Greek language and what we know about the Greek language, the Apostle Paul could not have stated this more powerfully. There's no way he could have said what he said with any more emphasis. He said that he is the King of kings and that he is the Lord of lords, that Jesus is the supreme authority over all the kingdoms of this world, that the entire cosmos is in the hands of King Jesus. He is a king like no other. Somebody say, Jesus is king. Now, how many really believe that? He is king. I, I believe he is king. He's a king like no other. And he, I told you this would be a different kind of Christmas message because the reason is people were expecting a Messiah. They were expecting a Savior. They were expecting a king to be born, but they expected their king to be born in a palace. They expected their king to be surrounded by wealth, by luxury, and by comfort. In our day and age, they would have expected their king to be born in a, and laid in a crib with purple lining, that he would have worn Gucci onesies and would have had on his baby Yeezys. And this king, y'all got to work with me. I got teenagers in the room. He would have been looking stylish. He would have had that drip. He would have had the sauce. Come on, somebody. He would have had all of those things. Um, and, and no one expected him to be born in a barn with farm animals. No one expected that. We expected our king to be born in a palace, to have luxury, to have wealth, to have comfort, to have all of those things. No one expected him to be the son of a carpenter. And if you'll remember, Nathaniel asked, that he said this, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And that was the belief about Nazareth, that nothing good could even come out of this town. And so the problem is, is that you got the king, King Jesus, coming into the earth, but no one expected him to come the way that, that he did. No one predicted that the king of glory, the son of God, would befriend prostitutes. That he would, he would touch lepers. That those um, in the religious institution, the people they rejected, Jesus hung out with. They never imagined a king that, that would choose uneducated fishermen as his disciples and despised tax collectors and the rebellious troublemakers to be his disciples. No one ever imagined that our king, this savior, the Messiah, would forgive 
a woman caught in the act of adultery while simultaneously reprimanding the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. No one expected the king to, to come the way that he did and, and, and to do the things that he, did, that he did. No one imagined that the king of the Jews would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And those who would be cheering for him and, and applauding his arrival would be the outcast, the overlooked, and the people that many would consider immoral. No one expected a king would be beaten and whipped and scourged and stripped naked and hung on an instrument of torture known as a, craw- as a cross and dying a di- the, the death of a criminal. No one expected any of that from their king. And so I say that God has a very unusual way of, of showing his love to us. No one really expected Jesus to come the way that he came. And when they offered him, as we talked last week, they offered him a drink to dull the pain. He rejected it because he wanted to take the full agony of the sins of the world. And Jesus declared, it is finished. And he said to the Father, basically, I have sent, I I have done what you sent me to do. How many know that Jesus accomplished the will of God 100%? He, He fulfilled it all. Everything the Father sent him to do. He totally accomplished it. No one expected him to die a shameful death. No one expected that after he died, three days later, he would get back up. When some women went to check on the tomb and they saw that the stone had been rolled away, that the body was not there, that this king who came in such, a, such an unlikely fashion had actually risen from the dead, And so that's why I want to tell you about a king like no other. When you look at the story in the very first century, you see three very distinct responses to Jesus as king. We've clarified already in this message that Jesus is in fact king. And I think that you can see three responses to that all the way back 2,000 years ago that are still responses that people have today. It still applies in our generation. Um, And the three responses, if you're taking notes, these will be on the screen for you. But the first one is represented by King Herod. If you know the story, you know that King Herod opposed Jesus as king. He opposed him. And the question becomes, why would King Herod oppose Jesus as king? And I believe the answer is really not that complicated. He opposed Jesus as king because he wanted to guard and to protect his kingship. And so therefore, he issued a decree that all boys under the age of two in Bethlehem would be put to death because he heard there might be a king who could potentially threaten his kingdom. I don't know who this would be, but there's probably some people in the room today and maybe some people watching online that, that you would say today, like King Herod, you, you're, you're opposed to 
King Jesus. You're opposed to it. Like, I, I don't really need that in my life. You, you hear people say all the time, I don't need religion. Well, I want to just correct you right there. I don't have a religion today because religion is my attempt to get to God. The truth is I could not get to God, and so Jesus came to me. He rescued me where I was. And so I don't have a religion today. I have a Savior today. I don't have a religion today. I have a king today that, come on, that left all that he had in heaven and met me where I was. And so many people will say, I don't need religion in my life. I don't, I don't need that God stuff. I, I don't need Jesus. I'm fine doing life on my own. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. And when you have that response, you're no different than King Herod. You are opposing Jesus as king. You are opposing him as king. And, and this is not in my notes, but we live in a world and in a culture that is doing its best to try to cancel Jesus, cancel the kingdom. But you can't cancel Jesus. Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. The devil couldn't stop him. There's never been anything that could cancel Jesus as king or cancel his kingdom or could oppose him. Jesus is king. Come on, church, give him a praise today. He is king, and he's a king like no other. But many are opposed to him as king, and sometimes even in the church, again, not in my notes, but let's go ahead and just say it, we allow Jesus to be king of certain parts of our life. You know, Jesus can have my heart, and he can have my family, but he can't have my money. Jesus can have this, but he can't have that. We don't want Je How many know that Jesus wants to be king of your whole life? Now, let's be real, real honest. That's not always easy to allow Jesus to be king. What's the king over your attitude? Ooh. Jesus, king over your money, over your attitude, king over your parenting, king over your leadership, king over, over your business. Jesus wants to be king over your entire life. But a lot of people live in opposition to Jesus as king. And the first category are those who oppose Jesus as king. The second category surrounding Jesus uh, in that time that still applies today is the Jewish priests, they dismissed Jesus as king. They didn't oppose him as king, they just dismissed him as king. They kind of blew him off, which is extremely bizarre when you factor in that they quoted Bible verses about a coming Messiah, about a coming Savior. They quoted Micah 5 and 2 that prophesied there would literally be a ruler come out of Bethlehem, and when the ruler comes out of Bethlehem, they just blow him off. Just dismiss him. This kind of thing happens all the time. You got people, you can invite them to church. You can invite, you know, them to experience God with you, and they'll say things like, they're not really opposed to Jesus as king. They acknowledge God. We, I know that, you know, he's real, and I know that he's king, and, but, but they don't really Give, give him any 
part of their lives. They, they just dismiss it. I, I, I'm good, you know. Uh, I believe he's God. I believe he came. I believe Jesus died for everyone's sins, but I just don't need that in my life right now. I don't want that in my life right now. You know, a lot of people during this season, they'll, how many of some people will come to church a couple times a year, Christmas and Easter. They got just enough, and listen, if that's you today, I'm so thankful that you showed up today. I'm not going to be the preacher that beats you up because you came at Easter and that's it, or Christmas and that's it. Like, thank God you got enough sense to know he is king. I should acknowledge him at least a couple times a year, right? I should at least do that. But a lot of people are, are simply dismissive. And the Jewish priests, they, they did what's so common today. They dismissed him. And a lot of people are dismissive. They believe the Christmas story. They believe he was born of a virgin. They believe that the Magi came and presented gifts. They, they, like, they like all that stuff. They believe all that stuff. But they're kind of at the same time dismissive. Like it, it doesn't affect everyday life. It doesn't affect their everyday job or their everyday marriage or parenting. It's just... I'm acknowledging it, but I'm also dismissive. Those are the first two responses, but there was another response that we've been working on this whole month. The wise men, the magi, we've been talking about them all month, and their response, the third response, the wise men bowed to Jesus as king. They bowed. The ultimate response to show reverence, to show awe, to show honor, is is that you would bow down. And they came to Jesus, and when they bowed down and presented him gifts, do you know what they were saying? They were saying, it's not about me. See, this is where it begins. It's not, like, if you're willing to bow we learned last week he, he was probably a toddler by the time. They're bowing to a toddler, and they're presenting him gold and myrrh and frankincense. They're saying, it's not about our throne. It's not about our education. They were educated. They were wealthy. They had a lot of things. And they said, it's not about us. It's all about you. We recognize you as king. That's what happens when you have the right response to Jesus, that the posture of your heart is that you begin to bow down and realize that your life is not about you. Your life is about bringing glory to the, to the king. That, that, that's the posture. I bow down. I'm going to surrender. You are my king. You are king of the universe. And the the Bible says that not only did they present him gifts, but they bowed down and worshiped. And my question today, and I want to be very, very sincere about this question is uh, today is this. Are you opposing Jesus as king? Are you dismissing Jesus as king? Or are you bowing? to Jesus as king? That's a very personal question because only God and you know the posture of your heart. Only God and you know that. Are you opposing him as king? Are you dismissing him as king? Or are you bowing to him as king? 
many of you have a background like me. I grew up in church. I was around church. I was like the kids that were on the platform today. My parents forced me on the stage sometimes when I didn't want to be up here. Thank God these kids were smiling. I remember times when I was up here and looked like I wanted to kill somebody as a kid. And the point I'm making is is that I, I was around church. My parents did a great job explaining not just, let me just throw this out. It's not up to the church to train your child. And I don't mean that in a negative way. We are to assist you. They're here one day a week. They're with you seven days a week. And so our job is to assist you. But I grew up in church. I heard all the Bible stories. I knew all the Bible stories. My parents did a great job at home. But listen, I was around church for a big part of my life. And the truth is, I did not know Jesus. You can be around it and not in it. You can, you, you can be all around the things of God. You can know the Bible stories. You can know the Christmas story. You, you can sit there and say, I know that story better than PC knows that story. And you may, in fact, do. But the question is, is do you know Jesus? That's, that's the question. Do you know Jesus? There have been times in my life, if I'm being honest, and if you're being honest, that I have opposed him as king. There have been times in my life that I have dismissed him as king. But thankfully, there have also been times when I have bowed and recognized that he is a king like no other. In those seasons when I opposed Jesus and dismissed Jesus, there was still something drawing me back to him. It was the fact that a king who stripped himself of all the glory of heaven, born of a virgin, and reached out to the lowest of the low, those that were despised. And and so today for those who feel like, I just can't seem to get it right, those who feel like I'm I'm always in a financial mess, those whose first marriage did not work out, those who would say today, I'm in a bad place, those who are here today or watching online that you use substances to deal with the pain in your life, those who continually try to find meaning in life and, and you look for it in all the wrong places, those who go to bed longing for something more in your life, those who feel empty, I want you to know Jesus came for people just like that. You are those kind of people. I am that kind of people. So today we choose to bow to Jesus. Do you know why I bowed to Jesus? Because at my worst, he was still there. At my worst, he was still there. That when sin was in my life, he continued to reveal his love to me. The times that I have screwed up, guess what? He was still faithful. He loved me every single time. He was always there. He forgave me when I felt like I did not deserve forgiveness. And many times he forgave me before I could even forgive myself. Somebody give God a praise if you know Jesus is king and Jesus is faithful. 
If you're struggling today, let me tell you a couple more things about my king, and then we'll wrap this up. Our king is not some distant, angry, uninvolved judge waiting on you to mess up. It's not who he is. He's not the man upstairs. He's not the big guy in the sky. He's not your homeboy. He's not an eight-pound, ten-ounce baby. He is the righteous King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And I would love it if you would, if you would just stand with me today and out of reverence and honor for the one who gave his life for you and I, can you take a moment to give him maybe the best praise that you know how? If that's words, give him words. If that's a clap, give him claps. If he's been faithful, if he's rescued you, if he was there for you when no one else was there for you, come on, just give him the kind of praise that a king deserves. Come on, in your own way, give him some praise today. Yeah, y'all better come help me. Come on, slap somebody a high five and tell them Jesus is king. Jesus is king. As the worship team gets in place, my, my, my king, according to the scriptures, he is the king of glory. He's the king of righteousness, the king of the ages. He's the king who heals the sick, the king who opens up blind blind eyes, the king who heals deaf ears, the king who strengthens those that are weak, the king who delivers the captive, the king who restores those that are broken and hurting. He Listen, whatever your situation is right now, the fact that Jesus is king, means that your situation can change at one word from your king. One word. I sense his presence in the place. I know I didn't preach long, but I think you know that Jesus is king. He's a king like no other. Worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship, worthy of of the posture of our heart being to bow and to honor him. I want to ask you today, if you would bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. Because I want to speak to those that may be in the room and your response has not been to bow and to worship Jesus. But maybe you have opposed him in your heart. Maybe you've been dismissive. You thought, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that at another point in my life. I'll I'll acknowledge him. I'll, I'll give him my life then. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. His presence is in this room now. The Holy Spirit is in this room now. And I believe that he is drawing people into a relationship with him. So I'm not going to make this complicated. But if you're in this room and you say, Pastor, that you're talking to me. And I, I've opposed him. I've dismissed him, but today I'm ready to bow. I'm ready to give him my heart and my life. I I want his forgiveness and grace. I want to make Jesus the king of my heart. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that is you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, make me a part of this prayer, Pastor. Thank you for this hand. God bless you. Anyone else? 
Anyone else? Anyone else? Just acknowledge it by throwing your hand up and saying, that's me. I want to be a part of this moment. I want to be a part of this prayer. Anyone else today? Give you just a moment. Those that are watching online, we would love to pray with you as well. Our moderators will be prepared to pray with you. But I want us to pray together in the house today. Every voice lifted, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself, so I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for all my sins. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. Today, I recognize that you are, in fact, King. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a praise today. Give him a real praise today. Amen. So good. Our prayer team and staff is going to go ahead and get in place. We're going to open up these altars. The worship team is prepared for one more song. And listen, Jesus is king even if you're sick, broke, bound, struggling at any level, he is still king. And I have watched Jesus, our king, step in and and proclaim one word over a life, and I have seen that thing turn around. So don't miss this moment, this time of prayer. As the worship team comes, these altars are open. We want to put our faith with yours. God bless you guys, and Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.